Why don't you take the lid off of that? Hey. It'll be a little bit less. Uh, it won't be slurpy. slurpy. <laughs> 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 hey, this is a slurp cast. <laughs> oh, People would love that. Can't put that in the in the cold <laughs> open. People will be upset. Yeah. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pelasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD, DVD Deathmatch. Death Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? You almost knocked over a drink. I did Hello. Im- immediately. Yeah. Great. <laughs> almost, great stuff. Almost immediate disaster. Um, how's it going? Really well. Another morning record. Uh, we call it this the morning. This is the morning record. <laughs> yeah. This is the morning record. So we're doing it. Um, I'm good. It's been a fun week. Fun week. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything. And it's only Wednesday. And it's only Wednesday. Trying to think of anything exciting to say. (laughs) Um, But no, not really. Not really. I've been catching up on Euphoria. Yeah, you you binged all of Euphoria, Euphoria, which Euphoria, which made me feel very old. And um, (laughs) so that was fun. Uh, I love Euphoria. Yeah, it's. I have. I'm. I'm still, like, every episode, I'm like, this is either the best thing I've ever seen or the worst thing I've ever seen, <laughs> which I think is, like, good. I think yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's what you want. Um, I just think it's, like, so, I mean, the performances are incredible, mm-hmm. whether it's the best or the worst right, right. thing. Um, and I just, it's so, like, um, it's it's so not like anything else that's happening right now, which yeah. I love. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think it looks cool, which is obviously like, especially now, that's like a kind of an uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Novel? No, but like it's like oh, it's the thing, you know, like euphoria makeup is a thing. Like oh, the it's look like of trendy. euphoria. Yeah, it's very like like Zeitgeist-y. we're almost yeah we're almost like tipping over to the other side. Yeah, but it does look very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's like it's it's one of those things where it has become so big that it's now ripe for parody, but that doesn't mean that it's like bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, and when you binge two seasons of it in 2 days, it's like uh it does things to you. <laughs> in that it makes you feel 40. <laughs> Euphoria. Oh my god, that's okay. I got to get on the horn to SNL. SNL. Lauren, if you're listening, <laughs> Euphoria, about a 40-year-old who joins the cast of Euphoria and has a bad back. It's like never been kissed. But, yeah. But Euphoria. Yeah. We love it. We Great. love to see it. We love ideas. Don't steal it. Copyright TM. Copyright TM. DVD Deathmatch episode 72. <laughs> um, anywho's all, do we have any topics at the top? Uh, well... We did another call for rules because as long-time and first-time listeners know... Uh, everyone knows. <laughs> as everyone knows. America knows. It's all anyone can talk about. Um, the premise of this show oh is that we watch two movies and then we pick one of our DVDs to get rid of because reasons. And... <laughs> um, 
sometimes we watch two movies that we both really like and we can't decide. And so in that instance, we pick a rule, which could be, uh, which our user submitted user. Are you, we refer to our listeners as our users. What's going on, man? (laughs) It's the morning. Um, so anyway, we did another call for these rules, which are very helpful. And listener Allison, hey Allison, hey, how's it going? Um, has submitted a few. Yeah, very exciting, and they're they're really good. So these are some Allison rules that we'll add New to the list. Rules. New rules, not TM Bill Maher, TM DVD Deathmatch. Yeah, uh, Bill Maher can go. Fuck uh, Bill Maher. Yeah, can go uh, eat uh, eat a uh, dick. Uh, I was gonna say shit, but. Um, Shit's probably better. Yeah. He doesn't deserve a dick. No. Um, All right. So these rules from Allison. Allison rule number one. Keep both and get rid of one season of a TV show you own on DVD. Because that's kind of what's looming over this entire premise. We haven't even touched the TV seasons that we have on DVD. Exactly. Like... This list of 1,321 DVDs does not include full seasons of television shows. Like, we definitely have all of Friends. Yeah. We have a lot of The Simpsons. We have a lot of Family Guy. Yeah, I mean, those are Which we haven't watched (laughs) in a long time. Well, like, that was a very 2004, like, oh, we're at Target. This is how you, you Right, like, when you would buy seasons of television on DVD. Right, and Family Guy was like, oh, we'll have that. Like, we both... We're really into Family Guy for a minute. For, like, one minute. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, don't embarrass me. (laughs) Um, Um, Sex in the City we have. Sex in the City, yeah. Which is, like, a weird time capsule now. yeah. Gilmore uh, Girls. Sorry, I'm just listening. <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, there is an entire other spreadsheet. So, yeah. Which, I mean, it's a sickness, guys. Um, number two, mm-hmm. keep whichever movie has a higher body count. Oh. I assume in the the death murder way, not the sex way. Well. <laughs> we can, hey, we can talk about you it. You never know. Um, uh, speaking of, number three, keep whichever movie is objectively hornier or less horny couldn't decide which was more interesting. I think you keep the hornier movie, which is funny to if you it's like Yeah, I think you keep the hornier. If movie. it's like you're trying to decide between like Return to Oz and a Simple Plan or something <laughs> like that. It's like which one is hornier? A Simple Plan. I, I I don't think so. Oh wow. Already controversial. Yeah, you guys. exactly. See, it's it's already causing conversations. People are talking. The rules are great. Right. And then the last one is to is another, you know, we have a Michelle rule where we call our friend Michelle. If we can't decide, she has to choose. And she yeah. has to choose, which is how we got rid of Ravenous. Still upset about it. <laughs> and, um, but this would be, Allison was like, I don't know, maybe I could throw my hat in the ring to also be. Oh, she wants to be added to the list. Added to the list of people we call. So that's. I love that. These are great rules. Thanks, Allison. Love um, them. You are, you, they will be added. All the rules will be added to the list, including. Your name to the list of people that we call. <laughs> right, exactly. If anyone else wants to be added to that list, let us know. Perfect. Um, also, be be more like Allison, everyone. I'm always saying. You are always saying. Be, be more, more like, like Allison. Allison. And, and send some more rules. We love these rules. They're very helpful. We often cannot choose and have to wimp out and uh, have the fates decide. Speaking so. of... It's this week's episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, this one's going to be this one, yeah. We'll see. Um 
Because once again. Yes. What? Once, what? Once, Say it. Once again, this week, we've watched <gasps> two movies. Two movies. This week, we watched Spy from 2015 and Before the Devil Knows You're Dead from 2007. Yeah, bro. Let's kick it off with Spy, baby. Like I said, from 2015, directed by none other than Paul Feig, the Feigmeister, Our- the Feig Maestro, yeah. Polly Feigs. Okay. 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 Feegy pudding. That's good. (laughs) Feeg Newton is just the same. Feeg Newton. Yeah. yeah. Feegy pudding is better. (laughs) Um, All right. Our IMDb summary is a desk bound CIA analyst volunteers to go undercover to infiltrate the world of a deadly arms dealer and prevent diabolical global disaster. You know what I love about that summary? Yeah. Is that it's accurate and also completely inaccurate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay, so Spy, I mean, we're going to lay these cards right right down on the table. Right down on the table. As per usual. Yeah. I fucking love this movie so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It stars, we've got Melissa McCarthy, so right off the bat. Right. You know it's going to be a winner with old Liza Poe. (laughs) This is our second... Uh, Paul Feig and Melissa McCarthy collaboration in their like trilogy. So it was like a quadril like as Bridesmaids, The Heat, the heat. Spy, Ghostbusters. Oh, was I was like, like, what's the last one? Yeah. I forgot about Ghostbusters. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Our second collab on the death match. Yes, I'm did, sorry. Because we did The Heat. We did The Heat before, yes. Before. In an episode, I don't know. And I, I don't have it in front of me. No. Um, so you got Melissa McCarthy, you've got Jason Statham, mm-hmm. you've got Bobby Cannavale, yeah. you've got Jude Law, you've got Rose Byrne, Rose Byrne, you've got Allison Janney. I mean, just the cast is incredible, yeah. obviously. Um, and the cast is incredible because you've got these powerhouses like Melissa McCarthy, who obviously is a, a comedy genius. Right. That's like her whole thing. Um, and then you have Jason Statham. Yeah. Who is also a comedy genius somehow. Yeah, Jason Statham's really funny. <laughs> He's so funny in this film. I can't, I can't even. So Paul Feig also wrote Spy. Um, and I saw something that said he wrote that part specifically for Jason Statham. which that makes I, sense. Which yeah. I love. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I'm not the most familiar with Statham's like catalog, but uh, he doesn't strike me as a... A comedy guy. He's obviously like a more of an action hero type thing. Yeah. Right? Well, the first thing I remember him from are the Guy Ritchie movies from the nine, 90s that are like, I think he was in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, but he's definitely in Snatch. He's like the star mm, of Snatch. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a comedy. But then since then, it's been like The Transporter and yeah. the Fast and the Furious movies where he has some kind of fun, like Hobbs and Shaw and whatever, where he has some funny stuff to do, but they're not like... Right, it yeah. feels like before it was it was a lot of kind of like action, and then you know, I've, you know, comedy is everywhere, yeah, folks. Right. Um, but this is like very specifically like written yes. for laughs, and exactly. he's just the thing that makes it so perfect. So his character is like um, this kind of like off the rails, like uh, uh, go big or go home, like just bragging about all of the crazy shit that he's done in his career. And it most, most of it must be lies. Like at one point he says, um, 
Like he's just listing a bunch of crazy shit yeah. that he's done. And it was like, this arm got detached and I had to reattach it with this arm. Yeah. And it's like, just like insane. It's just, but, yeah. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. No, that's just like a, one of, that's one of the, we'll get into like the style of this movie, but that's one of those very funny like runs where yeah. it's like for Statham, I think a lot, I don't know how good he is at improv. A lot of that stuff is probably written, but then mm-hmm. he's like riffing on it and stuff. And it's just one of those like joke buckets where you can tell they ran it. They ran 50 a jokes thousand, through there yeah, and exactly. then just picked their favorites. And yeah. Stuff. But he just goes so hard and is so fully committed on this like insane characterization yeah. that it works so well. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my little that's love your, letter to Jason <laughs> Statham in this movie. Great. Um, but yes, and and then, so what I was saying was, you've got Melissa McCarthy, who's obviously a comedy genius, and then, like, Rose Byrne, again, not she's that she's not funny, yeah. but I don't know that, like, comedy is the first thing, even though she's done a lot of comedy, but it's right. not like, oh, Rose Byrne is a comedian. Right. She's incredible in yeah. this movie. Again, the commitment to the character is great. Yeah. Bobby Cannavale, same thing. Always, Always amazing. Great. Always great. Always amazing. Bobby Cannavale, like, I probably may have told this before and whatever, but on a a late night show that I worked on, a small <laughs> late night show, we wrote a little walk-on for Bobby Cannavale because one of the producers was friends with him. They were like, I can get him to come play this character. Mm-hmm. He And I was like, oh, great. I love Bobby Cannavale, like, but we'll, like, really, you know, I, I don't know how good he is at kind of... Being funny? Well, not being funny, but, like, I know he can be funny, but just, like, coming into a late night show and, like, do, playing a wacky character and Yeah, like, doing whatever. a sketch. Doing a sketch. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. A sketch. <laughs> um, and so we wrote this goofy thing for Bobby Cannavale to come on and do, and then he came into the rewrite room, which is, like, you know, half an hour before the show tapes, you're frantically rewriting everything, mm-hmm. and he was so... Funny and so charming, and and had such funny ideas to add to the thing. Yeah, that I was like, "What the fuck am I doing here?" Like, <laughs> not no, I just mean like on planet Earth. No, I just mean like I, I mean like there's like a guy walking around who's this handsome right. and this funny and this nice. I was like, "Fuck this! <laughs> what am I doing?" Like he's he was so good. Anyway, he's that's great. my Bobby Cannavale story. He's great. Um, oh, and there's also that British woman, Miranda. Miranda Hart. Yes. Yeah. She's very funny. She, I, I haven't seen her in anything else, but she strikes me as someone who very clearly like is is big in other things. Yeah, exactly. It's weird because, and I don't mean this as a slam on her or her career or anything right. like that. I have no idea what the story is. Mm-hmm. But it's in this movie. It feels like a setup of in the way that like Rebel Wilson was in Bridesmaids, and mm-hmm. that was like a setup for her to kind of jump into her the next phase of her being everywhere for a little while. Yeah. And I was kind of expecting that with this woman when we saw Spy because she's very funny. She's so funny. Oh my and God, is, she's and great. has such a and I'd never seen her before and she has such a big part in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then I just haven't seen her since really. I I don't Right, but it's also like I'm sure she's working definitely in I other mean, stuff, yeah. I don't mean like we're like I don't yes, I'm sure she she's fine. Yeah, I'm sure no, she's no. fine, but it's just funny cuz she's so good in this that I expected to see her right. in a lot more things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, like I said, the summary is is on point. So Melissa McCarthy plays a deskbound CIA analyst, right? Who's kind of like the right hand man to Jude Law, whose name is Bradley Fine, right? Um, and he's like the Bond. Yeah, um, he's a- right again. Obviously, this movie is just a love letter to the Bond franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so uh, Bradley Fine is in the field and Melissa McCarthy is in his ear, right. coaching him through everything. She's really good at her job. She's also in love with him. Right. Um, in a very kind of pathetic way. Right. Um, but also, Melissa McCarthy is a fucking genius. So the way she plays it, it's like it doesn't feel like that gross, pathetic way. No. I think that gets to like kind of what tell me if this is too stupid to bring up at this point, but like the movie is able to make fun of Melissa McCarthy Mm. and make fun of her and like cast her as kind of this like, um, uh, like what's the word? Loser. Loser. And it, and it, but it's like, I read a review that was like, Oh, the fat jokes are crazy in this movie. It's like too much. And I was like, there aren't any fat jokes there in this aren't. movie. That's like the whole, yeah. She's a loser, and Melissa McCarthy is a fat person, and I don't say the word fat with any, like, Animosity. it's not a pejorative. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Um, and then, but then people, it's like people watching it couldn't separate, some some people, there's like one fucking review I read on yeah. that. So I'm not, do, I'm doing the thing where I'm fighting in my brain with one random thing. <laughs> with no one. Yeah, yeah, with no one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but like, I remember reading this review after we watched it this time and being, just being like, there's not any of that in the movie. She's a loser. Right. But there's no like, oh, she's fat, so she can't do this. Right. But there are people who can't separate those two things. Exactly. And they think that anything making fun of her in this movie, because she is the object of a lot of uh, the comedy. She's yes. making fun of herself a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they, they're like, anything that's making fun of her is a fat joke. And it's like, no, no, they're just a joke. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. That, I mean, that was the, the biggest takeaway I had. I remember so clearly seeing this in the theater and like, I was excited about it and I came out and I was like, I'm literally about to cry because this is a, an entire film about, about a fat with a fat person playing an action hero, right? And there wasn't a single fat joke, and I was like, I can't. I was, I was, I was actually emotional yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's like, there's like a couple jokes that are like, oh, so, like essentially, no one would ever fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like one or two of those. But they're not fat jokes, and they're not. They're just like about her being a loser. I'm trying to remember of. what. Are, who who makes those jokes? Oh, they, see, this is where my notes should really step up, <laughs> and they're not good. Because um, I don't remember. I'm I'm trying to think of because there's a lot of there's actually the op the opposite, which is a whole other thing, and you know this kind oh, of like I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's when Rose Byrne is like uh, well, okay. This is it takes some explanation, but mm. it's when. Uh, Melissa McCarthy spots someone trying to poison Rose Byrne mm. and says, like, oh, I think someone roofied oh. your drink. And Rose Byrne is essentially like, oh, yeah, you have a lot of experience with roofies. Who would ever roofie you? Who would you? ever roofie you? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, true. But that's not, you know, it's different. It's, it's, it's like a, such a crazy line the movie has to walk and does really well yeah. in that way. Yeah. That, like, I'm not, it, that's like the only time it even approaches making fun of her appearance. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because the whole well, point. Well, that's not true, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But the, but the whole point of, of this character is that, uh, She's she's a loser, and she's a loser in a way where it's like she has decided to take a backseat to fine. Right. Right? Then that's, like, very apparent. It's not, like, an undercurrent. It's very, like... Yeah. You know, and Allison Jenny plays the head of their department in the CIA, right. and uh, Melissa McCarthy's character has to go in uh, to the field because they need someone who's never been seen before. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and they find it's great. There's this whole bit where they find like her training tapes from training camp, and she's like insane, oh, yeah. like wild now. It's she has great. All these skills, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Alice and Jenny, Jenny's character is like, oh, so basically, Bradley Fine told you that it, you guys worked so well together that you should sit at the desk and he should take all the glory. That's yeah. what you're telling me. And then through the rest of the film, she finds herself and like finds her groove and realizes she's, she, you know, like is like really good at this, the spy agent. stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, it's so lovely and I love it. <laughs> it's lovely. And you love it. It's lovely. In this and economy? I love it. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, it's uh, so let's talk about the the like Paul Feig Melissa McCarthy style. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit because I, I like this movie, but I here's another thing that I should say. Okay. We watched the extended cut, which I think was a mistake, mm-hmm. honestly, because I. I think uh, it's always a mistake. I think it is. Yeah. Because I agree. there's I agree. a reason. There's like a. Like, I can't think of, I'm sure there is, but I can't think of a single example of, like, watching a deleted scene or an extended cut where I'm just like, oh, yeah, that made it better. Well, the I did watch the Zodiac director's cut again this week, and that is a perfect movie, and so more of it, it just makes it more perfect. But, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did watch that this week, though. You got a head shake for that one. <laughs> a silent head shake on the podcast. Um, no, I mean, there's there there are definitely examples where it brings it closer to the director's vision, or even there's director's cuts where they get shorter. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse, whatever. I think with these comedies, especially these, like, Paul Feig ones, mm. which are great and I love, you get more of the feeling of, like, they're cobbled together from a bunch of riffing yeah you know yeah, what i yeah, mean yeah um and yeah I, that thing sorry just that thing yeah. you were talking about where it's like they just here are all the jokes thrown at the wall and we're gonna pick the best ones so when right. you watch the director's cut it's like the three or four or five or ten that were like second tier right yeah exactly and there's a, and also sometimes those bits just don't sustain for that long like mm-hmm. for like as i don't mean to keep fucking playing these cards or whatever but like as someone who's worked in environments where like <laughs> it's a lot of riffing yeah 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 <laughs> um you know a little of it can go a really long way and like you know i've spent days trying to get a five minute thing down to three minutes yeah and just to make it better and then watch or like i've seen cuts of like oh this is this is exactly how we want it and it's seven minutes long and it's interminable and then you get it down to four and it's like great yeah this is funny yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and i think when you watch the director's cuts of these things and i think that um that they 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 they're just like here it's essentially watching the deleted scenes yeah i mean yeah in the thing that's how it feels whereas sometimes these or this isn't a director's cut it's like the unrated extended edition which is very much the studio right well and also there's nothing there was nothing in this one that was like unrated like right right it's not like there's no there weren't any jokes that were like beyond in any way i'm literally like wasn't there like an exposed dick in it but then yeah you were like you're like oh well that's part of the extended cut and i was like it's truly not (laughs) there's like a whole there's a whole bit where she finds like dick pics on a camera oh there's so many and that's in the movie (laughs) that's funny because i was saying like what wait isn't there an exposed dick in it and then it was like 
Oh, you've just been watching Euphoria for two days. Like, <laughs> there's so many dicks. But no, there was exposed there was, dick yeah. in Spy. Um, yeah, and then but then there's you know, there's like written jokes in it. Like the the balance in these movies, and I think the, the we talked about this with the heat, mm-hmm. and I think that the uh sometimes they get it really right and sometimes they don't, and it's hard to know when you're watching the unrated extended cut, which what what Paul Feig intended, what Melissa McCarthy intended, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but the the balance with these movies is like written jokes versus like Melissa McCarthy being hilarious off the cuff because she just is. Yeah. And when it veers too far into the off the cuff nature, it's like the editing gets real choppy. The because they have to cover, they're just like trying to cobble this together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it gets like hard. I think like. I like the Ghostbusters movie, but I think that one for me felt, I was like, are any of these people in the same room? <laughs> like, this feels so choppy to me. And yeah. it's just an editing thing. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not that these people aren't funny. It's not that the script isn't good. It's not that, like... Right. Well, in Ghostbusters, you have Melissa McCarthy and Kate McKinnon and Kristen Wiig, who are all right. very good at that, here's the joke, the joke, the joke, the joke, the joke, the joke. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's going to be very, like, cobbled exactly, together. Exactly, exactly. But... But yeah, I like I I I love the two of them together. I think like yeah, they yeah. obviously produce good comedy. <laughs> um, yeah. Um and uh the only thing that makes me angry is that like I wanted to be the first <laughs> fat spy. So, I guess not. Um Second fat spy. I'm second fat spy. But uh but yeah, cuz she's spy. there's a lot of um uh, again, reading the kind of like trivia and stuff, which is sometimes reliable, sometimes not. But she did a lot of the the physical stuff too, which is great. Yeah. Um. And so you know, cool. obviously, there's there's stunt doubles happening. There's like yeah. big crazy things happening. But she's she was doing a lot of it, and there was something that where you know one of the stunt coordinators was like, oh, we were so excited when she came in and she was prepared and ready and good to go on yeah. a lot of stuff. Cause we were prepared to sub her out for right, a lot of it. For, and she was like, no, I'm doing it. Yeah. And I love that. And it makes such a difference. I think like, yeah. you know, like you said, obviously she's not doing all of it, but like you can see, it just makes, it just makes a huge difference. I think. Yeah. Um, um, there are some like pee myself moments. In this film. <laughs> Including, there's this scene in the beginning where, like, they do the first the first oh, mission. Yeah, yeah. She's in his ear. They're establishing the the relationship of what is her character's name? Ooh, Carol. <laughs> well, she has so many names. I know she has different thing. names. Um, uh, Susan Cooper. Susan Cooper. <laughs> um, where you know Susan is in Bradley's ear. You see how what their dynamic is, and then afterwards they go out to dinner, and there's lots of comedy, and it's very funny. Yeah. But there's this moment where she's making it's so beautifully done. Yeah. Where she's like, she, what she? Oh, she mistakes a thing. She thinks it's food. She puts it in her mouth. Oh it's, yeah. It's a hand towel. It's very funny. Um. And she starts making all these jokes like, why'd you have to take me such a dump? You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, it's like a really nice restaurant and like whatever. And she makes, it's like she makes two or three jokes about that that are funny. Yeah. And then he makes a very stupid joke about Burger King being closed. Yeah. And she laughs so loudly. Yeah. And it's literally just a, ha! 
Yeah. And like, and the thing that is so funny about that is that I have done <laughs> and do that all of the time where I just laugh at something and it's so embarrassingly loud. Yeah. <laughs> and I just can't. I oh when they like add like a reverb on it like an echo and you know everyone's quiet looking at her and everyone's she's like and she's like she's like oh I'm 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 having dinner with Gallagher (laughs) (laughs) guys it's funny I just want to do all the jokes that's the problem is that I just want to tell you all of the jokes which is not good podcasting but it's just it's so good I love Melissa McCarthy she's so good at that. Um, I think I talked about this before. She's so funny. And then she fucking slams you right in the fucking feels. (laughs) Yeah. She turns it on a dime. And I don't understand how I I wish I had access to that kind of emotion. Uh, And she's just she's just so good. She's so good. Yeah. I remember (laughs) that joke that happening in the theater and you dying. I lost it. I lost it. You know what else I lost it at? What? Come, come in close. Come in close. <laughs> Gather close to the fire, children. There's a gag reel. There's two gag reels. There's two gag reels. And they're both good. They're yeah. so good. The what was the what was the thing in the So much like the heat, there was a there was a gag in the heat where it was like, I think we talked about it, but yeah, it's very bloop. quickly. Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy are acting, facing each other. And Melissa McCarthy just goes up on a line. Yeah. And she just goes, I'm so sorry. I just, like, got lost in your eyes. And I, like, that was, I don't know why that was so funny. But it was just so, it was the perfect reaction to, like, going up on a line. Yeah. And also, I hope it was true. Yeah. That she I was just was. like, I, I want to make out with Sandy Bullock. <laughs> I think she was just looking at Sandra Bullock and was just distracted. Yeah. And I love that so much. And it was so funny. What was it in this one? I in forgot. In this one, it was, there's a blooper in, in the gag reel of Melissa McCarthy saying to someone, um, she says, like, something about the rat's nest on your head. She goes, like, you know, oh, she goes, like, yeah. you know, the thing that's a real problem here is that rat's nest on your head. And then she immediately goes, without that pause. <laughs> and it was just like, it's, I mean, a blooper is so great because you see them mess up and then you're like, oh, how are they going to react? Yeah. Did they catch it? Yeah. And then, but Melissa McCarthy is such a professional that she knows exactly what she did wrong. And she's like, we're going to do it again. And but she goes, without that pause. Without that pause. I'm going to maybe put it up on Instagram because it is so it's funny so to funny. me. And it's just the thing that's so perfect about it is that obviously a thing with, with blooper reels that is so wonderful. I mean, one, a lot of a lot of blooper reels have uh, people falling, which I find hilarious because I'm a child. Yeah. Um, but also this thing where it's like, oh, right, they're like humans and they're not robots where they like mess up. Uh, they, you know, fumble over their words right. or go up on a line or break because someone's being so funny and they can't handle it. And it's just like so nice to see, uh, and I uh, love that shit. <laughs> um, and this one is obviously you've got all of these amazing people just being great and being funny, and yeah. it's so wonderful. And then the second gag reel is like a crew gag reel. It's like a behind the yeah, scenes it's much gag reel, more about the crew like goofing around and stuff. Yeah, which is like see. again really cute because that's the other thing that you love to see in a gag reel is like, oh, are these people having fun? Yeah. 
We've said this before where it's like you watch a gag reel and sometimes it's like, oh, everyone yeah. hates each other. They're having a terrible right. time. Someone messes up on a line and it's like crickets and you're like, ooh. Yeah, exactly. But this is just like very clearly. I mean, either they're very good at pretending or that set was a lot of fun. Right. And you love to see it. Uh, Paul Feig, I would love to work with you. <laughs> I know you're an avid Put, listener. Putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Um, um, yeah, I mean, this movie has so many, like, ancillary characters mm-hmm. that we didn't even mention. Yeah. Like, Peter Serafinowicz is a horny Italian. Oh my gosh. A very horny Italian, that's the whole joke. It's like, yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's very, like, uh, it's so funny, I could see how it could be offensive, but I think sure. it dances that line yeah. pretty well, but it is like, oh my. It's very funny. <laughs> In the gag reel, there's a line. I don't think it's in the movie, but in the gag reel, there's no. just, they're they're in prison together, and he's talking. He says, "Like I would be honored to be the last man to ejaculate in you, or something like that." And he keeps trying to say it, and he can't do it. And then you just hear Paul Feig off camera go, "Try. I would. It would be a privilege to die inside you." Yeah. And he's like, "That's worse." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, it's so great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, two gag reels, uh, this style of movie, and this happened with the heat too, Mm. um, it's like, I guess I'm talking about comedy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, have you guys heard of this? Uh, but this style of movie, like specifically the Paul Feig, Melissa McCarthy ones, like I get, I just get very disconnected from the plot at a certain point and from paying Mm. attention to like. Stuff like that, and it's just a collection of gags, which of varying effectiveness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I I remember this with the heat too. Just like being late in the movie and being like, I, whenever there was like, oh, we have to go here to do this. I'm like, do Why? you? What is happening? <laughs> Where are like what or like reveals of like, oh, this person's actually double crossing you or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. I'm being like, okay. <laughs> I, like and and that's not the fault of the movie or anything. I think it's also a function of just like being older and tireder and not paying as close attention to things anymore. Um great love to age. <laughs> but it does it does have a feeling like it does I don't know, it's very strange. Very mm-hmm. strange. Anyway. Oh, and I'm sorry. actually one last thing okay. about Melissa McCarthy's performance in this movie. The thing that I think is really fun is that she, um, so you have, there's, there's kind of two groups of Melissa McCarthy and you've got like, uh, uh, Ghostbusters Melissa McCarthy, Uh which is very sweet and genuine and kind of goofy and light and, um, lovable. Yeah. Comedy. And then you have the heat or bridesmaids Melissa McCarthy, which is just off the rails, just like saying dirty jokes and right, yeah. being like, fuck you, you fucking fuck. Right. And you get both in spy. You that's do. What that's I a good, love, that's a really there's good point. a turn where she's as a spy, where she has to, um, she's, she's about to get made basically. Yeah. And she turns it into like a different thing. And, uh, yeah. And you get that turn, and I'm just like, look at you. That's true. That's a really great point right? that she gets to do both. You get, you get... She gets to do both in this movie. Yeah, that's awesome. I fucking love it. The <laughs> range on this bitch. The okay. range. Anyway, anyway, I love Spy. It's a perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> great. great. Um, 
Uh, is it available? No. What? I mean, it's like if you, it's. I think it's available on like streaming on TBS or TNT, which feels very like it feels very like uh, very much like a movie that you find on Comedy Central one afternoon. Yeah, kind of, you know what I mean. Yeah, has that like watching it. I was like, oh, this feels like movie like when I would watch like Police Academy movies <laughs> as a kid. On, you know what I mean in yeah. the afternoon. Yeah. Um. So it's available like on some of those streaming kind of platforms of cable channels, but not on like Netflix or anything like that. What the hell? Yeah. How dare you? I know, right? The disrespect. The disrespect. Exactly. Put some respect on Feig's name. Exactly. Great. Great. Well, I, I got another question. A follow-up, if you will. Okay, let's hear the follow-up. Follow-up. Uh, what's the connection? Well, the aforementioned Allison Janney... And the soon-to-be-mentioned Philip Seymour Hoffman Mm -hmm. uh, are both in the Strangers with Candy movie, which is very funny. (laughs) That Um, is funny. I know there's probably a better connection because you have all these actors in both of them, but that one (laughs) stuck out at me as a fun one. That's pretty good. Um, I remember Philip Seymour Hoffman popping up in the Strangers with Candy movie and being like, for one line or one scene or something, and being like, that's fucking incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also haven't watched that movie or that show in forever, and I bet it's real weird and funny. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to it. Strangers with Candy. We will. Our next movie is Before the Devil Knows You're Dead from 2007, directed by Sidney Lumet, who... Dropping it again, I've also met. Oh, <laughs> Sydney, really? I met. Uh, <laughs> um, when I worked at PBS and did, like, uh, film programming stuff, he came and did an interview for something. I don't remember it at all, but... Uh, I mean, I remember it, but I don't remember what it was about or, or our interaction at all. He was very nice. That's all I remember. And his... Um, anyway, we'll talk about it. Uh, <laughs> Sydney Lumet... IMDb summary, when two brothers organize the robbery of their parents' jewelry store, the job goes horribly wrong, triggering a series of events that sends them, their father, and one brother's wife hurtling towards a shattering climax. Hurtling? Hurtling. Hurtling? Hurtling. 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 Okay, all right, well, <laughs> I say that word weird. Their father and one brother's wife hurtling towards the shattering <laughs> climax. We're hurtling. <laughs> it's fucking mighty wind. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> all right, well, I say that word weird. <laughs> it's before the devil knows you're dead. Everyone knows this movie. No, no one knows this movie. <laughs> um, it's so... Guys... Stark contrast. Stark. <laughs> Not a comedy. Not a comedy. <laughs> Absolutely nothing funny happens at all. No, nothing fun. There's it's... one moment, like, this stuck out. It's so not funny, but it stuck out because mm-hmm. of how grim this movie is. Mm-hmm. But there's a moment, uh, Michael Shannon shows up late in the movie, which I completely forgot about. Yeah, man. And um, love to see him. And he has a thing where he asks one guy if he can call him Chico, and then another guy, can I call you Harpo or Groucho or something? I yeah. have no idea. But I was like, oh, that's like, 
almost a joke. Yeah. <laughs> or at least it's like a little flavor that is humorous. Yeah. In this. Um, very grim movie. Very so, grim. So it's Philip Seymour Hoffman is one brother. Ethan Hawke is another brother. Mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke is kind of a fuck up. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman seems to have it more together, but is also a huge fuck up. Yeah. In his own. Each each of them have their secrets. Yeah. Um, and Albert Finney is their father. Mm-hmm. Their mother. Oh yeah. Is played by. Uh, pause. 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 While I look up the name. Pause. It's it, her name is Rosemary Harris. Mm-hmm. And Marissa Tomei is also in this movie. So you got two Aunt Mays. Two Aunt Mays. Aunt May. <laughs> we say like Surgeon's General. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, calls the sack. Calls the sack, right? Exactly. So that's uh, uh, something that's true. <laughs> is it fun? Sure, I'll say it's fun. Yeah, uh, real simple plan vibes from this movie. It is real simple plan vibes. That's true, brothers. Yeah, brothers. Crime. Brothers. The younger brother is a real younger brother. Secrets. Yeah. Wow. Escalation. Escalation of, of crime. We yeah. gotta do this to cover up that, to cover up this, to cover up that. Yeah. That's Real true. simple plan vibes. That's true. I believe one of my notes is there's some sort of dark humor joke here about you and your love of brothers' horrible plans going awry. <laughs> well, me and my brother, you know, look, we've knocked off a few liquor stores in our day. Um, and I mean, again, much like a simple plan, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. Uh, because the whole thing is the twists and turns of it. Although there is, it's like, there's an interesting thing stylistically with this movie. It feels very... Yeah, I have a lot of style notes. <laughs> yeah, they just let uh, uh, Ethan Hawke and Philip Seymour Hoffman riff a lot of jokes. No, I'm just kidding. That's the last movie. Um, there's, so it's like, it's, okay, so I'm trying to organize my thoughts because there's so many thoughts. Because so it's a unique movie. It is. Sidney Lumet mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. Right. Like, Dog Day Afternoon, 12 Angry Men, mm-hmm. The Wiz, um, The Verdict, like a, bu- a bunch of, cla- like, a, one, Sidney Lumet, one of the all-time greats. And I think one of the all-time greats, because he's one of those guys, and this was maybe the first, maybe he's like the best example of this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. One of those directors who has made, um, uh, like, 10 all-time classics. You know what I mean? Yeah. In his Uber or whatever. Uber. Uber. Her- Hurtland turns an Uber. <laughs> um Uvra. <laughs> That's your biography but title. Hurtland towards an Uber. Uber. <laughs> um All right, so he's this guy, he has so many all-time classics in his Uvra. Uvra. But what is a Sydney Lumet style? Mm. No one knows. Right. There's not. Yeah. You just you listed all those films, and I was like, huh. Right. And, and it's not. It's not that he doesn't have things, but it's that right. he's not. It's not a f- like. I know what a David Fincher movie looks like. I know. I could tell you what Soderberg. a Steven Soderbergh movie yeah. looks like. I could tell you what a Sofia Coppola movie looks what like. What a Feig movie looks. Right. Like. What a Paul yeah. Feig movie feels like. Right. And Sidney Lumet is one of those guys who came up doing like, uh, like TV in the fifties and and. Uh, the I think the pawnbroker was one of the, anyway um and it's just like what's the best for the story I'm here to tell this story kind of thing I'm here to get out of the way of the story yeah which is amazing yeah 
this movie has like almost some like attempts at flashy 90s style like pulp fiction go uh snatch like we're gonna break up the timeline we're gonna do these different kind of weaving in and out reveals information but they're done in such a Sidney Lumet way that it's not that they don't work Mm -hmm. it's that they don't feel necessary or like it, it it does it's not like a flashy thing it's just like Oh, and now it's this part of the story. Right, yeah. Specifically for me, the thing that... that uh, uh, Doesn't I, work? I, I, no, not doesn't work, but that I bumped against, which I fucking hate that <laughs> phrase so much. Like I'm a fucking boat. Um, uh, was the... So the switching, you said the thing about switching between timelines. I love that shit. I yeah. eat that shit up. I love when thing, when stories are told out of order and then they come together. I think yeah. that's... People who can do that really well. Um, it's like why I love how to get away with murder so much. Sure. She's so good at that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the in between we're switching from one timeline to another, there's a weird like like a build of a noise, like wah, and yeah. then and it literally like flashes yeah, like, yeah. between two scenes and then settles on the one scene. Right, and there's a sound of like, I think it's... It sounds like a car crash, but it could be the glass shattering when yeah. the guy falls. There's, there's a moment, a big door shattering moment yeah. that happens early on in this robbery. And it could be the sound of that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So, and it's like, it's a thing where it's like, I see what you're doing. And it's not that it makes it bad or whatever, but it fully takes me out of the moment. Yeah. Um, And what I found interesting was that one of the facts that I read was that this was the first and only film that uh, Sidney Lumet did digitally. Yeah. So it felt almost like, you know, like I'm sure he wasn't like in the editing room, like pushing buttons. Right, right, right. But it felt almost like he he got a new toy and was figuring out how to use it. That's, That's what fun. it felt like. Yeah. Um, and again, not bad, but just kind of like, I don't know if you needed that. Right. And I wonder what it would have felt like if you if you hadn't had this new thing that you were kind of working with. You yeah, know? it's like I wish it, that part of it was a little less like like the flashiness of it. Yeah, doesn't feel necessary. It doesn't feel like him, but it feels like him playing around. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Which is not bad. Not bad. But, exactly. But, not a bad thing. And would have been very cool to see where he took that and how that evolved. Unfortunately, this yeah. is his last film. Right. But um, what a last film. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's really something. It I mean, is. I, I, I really love this movie. It's yeah. grim. It is so grim. It is not like a, it's not a comfort movie. It's not a like, ooh, let's watch Before the Devil Knows Your Dad. It's not even like a thriller in Who the way. Who is that? <laughs> Who is she? Who is she? She sounds like fun. Um, It's not even a thriller in the way that, uh, like a simple plan. Yeah. Is a thriller that's like twisty and... Brutal, yeah, like wrenching, but it still has the kind of pulpy vibes. Mm-hmm. This is this has that it has like it's like a a pulp plot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Two yeah. brothers who conspire to a robbery gone wrong and all this stuff. But it's fucking brutal and grim brutal. and sad and like not yeah. fun. Yeah, and, and that I sounds think, bad. I but. know. I think honestly. Uh, kind of a large part of why it feels so grim is obviously obviously we have some daddy issues to work out with Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> in general but especially this one yeah. there's a there's a big 
plot point again without spoiling too much where he is uh an avid drug user right um and obviously you, you watch know. him do heroin in right. this movie and it's like oh god no yeah, no it was you really know rough. it's so rough to watch um but uh so i think that definitely contributes to it but also the storyline and everything like i mean albert finney is so good in this yeah Albert Finney is He's, so good. I mean, everyone's so good, but he really stood out to me in just, like, this way where, um, ooh, what am I trying to say? It's like, for me, Albert Finney is Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, to, so, and he, obviously, he's done several other things. Right, right, right. Um, but when I think of him, that's what I think of. Um, and so, watching him do this, it's just... Oh, oh, I don't want to give anything away, but it's so good. And, and yeah, it's really good. <laughs> he's, he's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Albert Finney is like one of those guys where he shows up in a movie and you're just like, holy shit, here we go. Like, yeah. this is, this is going to be great. Yeah. He was in, uh, I just put this together. He was in, uh, he played Poirot in Sidney Lumet's. Uh, Murder on the Murder, Orient yeah, Express. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just put that together. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Marissa Tomei is in this also. Yes. Doing great things. She's yeah. always wonderful. Yeah. I love her. The movie opens. My first note is, I did not remember this opening, <laughs> which is crazy for me. Because in general, I remember horny things. Sure. And it opens with a sex scene. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I almost hate to spoil that for you, but I think it doesn't super spoil it. But no. it's a sex scene between Merce Tomei and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right. Um, and I found this trivia that I'm just going to read because okay. I was like, yeah. Great. Um, so it says, uh, Sidney Lumet talked... Lumet. It might be Lumet. Might I don't be know. Lumet. I don't know. I'm trying to be fancy. Sydney. I only met the man. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Please. <laughs> Oh, bye. Um, Sidney Lumet talked about the opening sex scene between Philip Seymour Hoffman and Marissa Tomei. Quote, I rarely use sex as a big dramatic device. Here I thought it was critical because you have to understand right away that this is what drives him. But I don't think Philip has ever conceived of himself in the nude fucking on screen. It's just not something that comes his way. So when we started blocking, Marissa hopped up on the bed, got on her hands and knees, slapped her ass and said, come on, Philly, let's go. I could kiss her because if <laughs> Philip had any inhibitions, they were gone. Aww. And I love that so much because there's also, there's another trivia that was like Marissa Tomei uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke are all friends. Like they've yeah. worked together for yeah. forever from a long time ago. Um, and I just love that. I love yeah. that, that like story of like, you know, not that I think Philip Seymour Hoffman wouldn't have been able to do it. No. Uh, obviously he's a professional. He knows what he's doing, but, uh, but as he said, it's like that's not something that he he does, you well, know. Right. And, um, and to and to see this this camaraderie of of someone of your friend getting like, come on, let's go. Right, exactly. Just I love it so much. That's really I nice. I love it so much. It's really nice. <laughs> well, and the, you know, the, someone just taking charge of me, like you're gonna be okay. Right, like let's this just, is awkward. Let's exactly. just move through it. It's gonna be fine. Exactly. Um, um, yeah, I great. love that. I mean, Philip so Seymour Hoffman in this movie is. Uh, really good. It's one of the, we talked about this with a simple plan with the brothers. It's mm-hmm. one of those where it's like, oh, I almost want to see another movie where he and Ethan Hawke switch roles. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. cause it is an interesting piece of casting because he's supposed to be, he does, he's like, 
he's the brother who like got his life together a little bit. Yeah. He uh he does accounting for a real estate firm, mm-hmm. but it's very Fargo, simple plan, like all these things where he's he suddenly needs a lot of money and yeah. he's gotta figure out how to get it quickly. Yeah. Um and but he's like he's got his hair slicked back, he's like wearing got a suits. cool office, he's wearing suits, he's like doing high end stuff. And um it's interesting to see him in that role because he could just so easily just as easy just as easily be the fuck up right well i I picture him in uh boogie nights boogie nights exactly exactly and i mean he's just such a good actor but he's so good in this there's a line reading because he has to like you know the the whole movie is about these brothers and their relationship with their father Mm -hmm. and there's there's a scene and I'm just so curious about how it is on paper and his, cause, and I, I hate to make it sound like, oh, I'm just watching the acting choices because it sounds like you're not in it then. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But there's a line reading that he gives that is always, there's always so fucking like haunting to me. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's this scene later on and I won't give too much away, but it's like, uh, Albert Finney and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, right there, it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Again? But yeah. <laughs> Albert Finney and Philip Seymour Hoffman are having this like heart to heart in yeah. quotes. Yeah. And Albert Finney says like, I'm sorry I could never be the father that you needed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Philip Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman says, I'm sorry I could never be the son that you wanted or something like that. Some yeah. line like that. Yeah. But he says it and on paper it's like, oh my God, they're having this heart to heart. Right. And yeah. But the way Philip Seymour Hoffman delivers this line is so dead. It's so perfect. And so scary. Yeah. And I, it has really stuck with me, like, the choices of it. The, yeah. The, the directing choices and the, the writing and the acting and of, like, what a thing might look like on the page versus how it plays. You know, I get, you get it. Yeah. Um, I'm, and I just... And then he has, like, this... The car scene. The car scene. Oh, yeah. the car scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just... He just... I mean, it's... It's is it yelling, screaming, acting in all capital letters, acting TM mm-hmm. trademark Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yes, absolutely. But, but it's it is so good. good. Um, it's so good. Is it the Oscar clip? Definitely. But <laughs> but and you know while it's happening, you're like, this is the Oscar clip. Yeah. But um, but it is incredible, and um, he's. I mean, guys, Philip Seymour Hoffman, we're fans. We're fans. Oh. Uh, but we also haven't talked about Ethan Hawke in this. Yeah. Wait, I like Ethan Hawke is such a weird actor for me because I feel like he was one of those um like huge 90s actors mm-hmm. that you ever like, you know, as a as a child of the 90s, I was supposed to be like, "Oh my god, Ethan Hawke is so hot. Right. He's so great, blah blah blah." And I I was never like uh into him in that way. Yeah. Um and also at the time, my like film consumption was probably not uh, as detailed as it is now and not kind of like looking at, uh, you know, like what's a good movie. It was right. very much just like, I like this. Right, you know? right, right. Um, so, so he's a funny one for me because it's like, well, yeah, Ethan Hawke, I know exactly who you're talking about. Right. Uh, but he's not, if I was like, oh, list some of your favorite actors or some like important actors to you, he would not necessarily make the cut. Yeah. He's so good in this. He's so good. He's so good. He, he, it's, you know, as we said, it's the two brothers and he plays the kind of like 
more fuck up brother right. in theory. Although again, they're both fuck ups, but um, in different ways. And and just the way that he plays, it's not the same as Billy Bob Thornton. I hate to keep compl- comparing it to no, Plan, I mean, but it it's, be, like, it's like it's so similar when we just watched it. Right. So uh, it's not the same as uh, Billy Bob Thornton's uh, performance in Simple Plan, where it's just like heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but there is a real like innocence of of baby brother. Yeah, exactly. That's that exactly is so right. perfectly done. And Albert Finney keeps saying he's always been a baby. Yeah, he's been a baby. Yeah, and 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 but not like over the top. Like he's not playing the baby. Right. It's just that perfect little kernel of like, if I didn't know the dynamic here, I would know that you were the younger brother. Yeah, totally, you know, totally. And just it it works so well. It does work so well, and he's he. I agree. He's well, he's a strange. I'm like, how do I feel about Ethan Hawke? Right. And I, I think we're in a in a Hawk Renaissance. Hawkissance. I honestly do. Like I think that, like you said, the '90s, and I think he had this like very public divorce with Uma Thurman. Oh yeah. And. He was kind of like seen as reality bites, and oh, he's supposed yeah. to be. You're supposed Gen X is supposed to love him. He's yeah. supposed to be super hot, all this stuff. And I think for our age, it was kind of like, who's this guy? Who? Yeah. But I really do feel recently, in recent years, like he's just one of those guys. And this is a a function of the privilege of he keeps getting parts and all that stuff. But it's mm-hmm. like you stick around long enough and you become an elder statesman almost no matter what. Right. And But, you know, Good Lord Bird came out and he did – I have only watched some of it. I'm in the middle of it now actually and mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. Um, And like I recently watched all the like before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight Yeah, movies. the before trilogy. Right. Yeah. Which are are great. And I mean, it's like the first one is like, oh, you're children in the 90s and you're hot and whatever. And mm-hmm. then he's, you know, as I really love those, the, the second one especially, I think is is, a per, is so good. Yeah. And you watching him grow up and, and it's like, you know what? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, we're, we're really wrestling with our feelings about Ethan Hawke. I know. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean to, I don't really want to get into this person, mm. but like, it's like. Kind of, he felt like James Franco. Like he mm, was, okay, he yeah. was the previous generation's James Franco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I see that. Uh, and it's like, and it's like, oh no, he wasn't. He was more like the previous generation's Andrew Garfield in a way. You know what I'm saying? Andrew Garfield. Like, like a, and it's like a guy who like, oh, someone who's that um, hot and earnest. Yes can go either way mm-hmm. and be like, oh, you're maybe a bit of a creep. Mm-hmm. And he might be a bit of a creep. I have no fucking idea. I don't care, really. <laughs> but, um, or you could just be like a big old sweetie pie. Big old sweetie pie. Um, I'm going to drop one more story. I'm so sorry. But How Ethan Hawke was on. tell stories on this podcast? <laughs> Ethan Hawke was on the show <laughs> that I worked on for a while uh-huh. recently. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> And it was a Zoom interview, and he was in Dublin or something mm-hmm. shooting. Uh, and he spent so like there was some internet connection problem. Uh-huh. He spent so long trying to figure it out with us on Aww. the Zoom call, and went to a ballroom and had the staff of the hotel like working with him just to try to figure out this Zoom interview mm-hmm. to for the show. And was so nice the entire time, was so understanding while we all tried to figure it out together. 
it was, and it was like 1 a.m. there while we were doing it. Oh my you God. know what I mean? It was so nice. And it, that's one of the, like, he's, I'm, I feel like I just keep talking about my very brief experiences <laughs> with these people today. But, um, but, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm a hawk boy for life then now. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah, this movie, it's, uh, I, I can't recommend it enough, but also make sure you're, uh, not in an emotionally fragile place Yeah. <laughs> before you watch it. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, uh, the writing, the acting, all of it is just yeah. amazing. Has that kind of feel of a play. Yeah. Like you could do it as a play. It wouldn't. It, yeah. You know. It's like, it's not quite like, oh, this is a play, but you could, you, again, like I said, with Simple Plan, with a couple of tweaks, right. it could work really well on stage and yeah. really focus in on the, on the, um, the relationship with the brothers, which it already does, right. but even even more, right? You know, um, it's funny. It has. I say it. It's like feels like a play and stuff. And you're right. It like it could really like drill down. Yeah. But I might just be saying that because it's like shot in New York and has all these New York like theater people. Oh, that's in it. true. Yeah. Like it has such a feel of shot in New York and Westchester. Yeah. It, it really like. You love that. Jim. I I love Locations, I love loca- I love it when it feels like it was shot in the place where it takes place. Yeah, <laughs> and it really does. Like they go from Manhattan and the the jewelry stores in Queens, and they you know what I mean. It yeah. just feels like this area. Yeah, and I I love that. And it it's funny. It has two Aunt Mays. It also has to Father Brendan Flynn from Doubt. Oh yeah. Because um so it's a real this is this is the multiverse of madness right here. Um because uh the guy who played Brendan Flynn on Broadway in the play Doubt yeah is Brian F. O'Byrne, Brian F. O'Byrne. Yeah, there's I'm, an accent over the eye, so I'm not sure. But um uh, He's like a he's like a New York theater kind of like legend guy, and yeah. he plays like um, uh, one of the guys helping them with a the robbery in this one, and then obviously Philip Seymour Hoffman played that character in the movie Doubt, which we covered on episode. I'm not sure. I don't I have don't it in front know. of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. There's this. Uh, just a quick couple thoughts. Sorry, Amy Ryan is in this. She's great. She's another like New York person who's amazing. Um. I wrote down New York vibes. Uh, <laughs> New York vibes. It has the thing that I feel like every movie for a while had, and I'm thinking of the only example I can think of right now is Ghost Dog. But um, so many movies have this, and once you see it, you you can't stop seeing it. Mm-hmm. Is that someone walks into a room and people are watching TV, and what they're watching is public domain cartoons? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like. What? what? That's not a thing that happens. You just put that on because it's like visually kind of cool and free. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and it works for the style of like Ghost Dog in this, but it is like no one just sits around and watches like off-brand Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> for you know, um, and uh, what do you think of the title of this movie? I I really like it. Okay. It feels very, it does feel very, like, theatrical to me. Oh, yeah. Which is why I think I like it. Yeah. It's that thing where it's, you know, it's, because that's a, is it a, what is a quote from something? I think it's an Irish, like, saying. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) But I don't Um, know. 
And I, and it works for the, you know, the plot of the, you know, it works for the story. Um, and it's like just, it, it's, uh, what am I trying to say? It's not like hard to say once you know it, yeah. but it is not necessarily something that would come to the top of your head. Right, right, right. Does that make sense? I gotcha. Do you not like it? I don't love it. Oh. It doesn't, it, it's like, it's cool. But I don't, it doesn't quite work for me. Like when you, I'm like, it doesn't like, it, for me, it doesn't relate to the story, but I guess it does kind of, I don't know. I was trying to think of like, well, what would you call it? And then I couldn't think of anything. And like the, I was, then I was thinking of like comedy versions of what you would call it. <laughs> and, I, and the only one I came up with was, <laughs> because it's so grim, uh-huh. uh, was, uh, you think you've got problems. <laughs> That's how and then there was a couple scenes in the car where everyone's mad, and I uh, thought it could be called Honkin' Mad. <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> no, I really like that's That's funny to me. It never occurred to me. I really like the title. Yeah. I don't know. It feels too cool. To, it feels like a like it's trying to be cool to me and not... I don't know, but I don't like, like brother, brother issues. That's not a good title. So I don't know. Um, go to therapy. Yeah. Go to therapy would be a good one. Uh, great. Cool. Uh, is it available? You can watch it if you like, it's on a bunch of like, it's on Fubo. It's on Hoopla. It's on Canopy. (laughs) Canopy with a K. Yeah. What the I think Canopy with a K and Hoopla, I think, are um, streaming services that work with public libraries. So, what? What? You said libraries. No, I did not. Yes, you did. Play the tape. Libraries. 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 I said libraries. No, you didn't. You said libraries. February. Libraries. (laughs) Public libraries. Fuck. (laughs) Off. <laughs> Hurtling towards, towards a library. Uh, Some Uber. 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 Uh, okay. Well, look. Um, but yeah, it's not like readily available on the old Hulu or Netflix or something. Unsurprising, yeah. but what a bullshit. dumb what a dumb universe we live in, where I have to be like, it's on Fubu and Hoopla, but not Hulu. <laughs> Fucking life, man. This fucking life. This fucking life. <laughs> Great. Also, the war in Ukraine is bad too. I don't mean to say that this uh, is the biggest. Oh this no. is not the biggest problem. Oh man. That it's facing is that the names of the streaming services are dumb. Yeah. True that. Oh boy, the world is a mess. Bringing okay. it down. Sorry. We don't have time for that. Sorry. Great. So, uh, what do we do? What do we do? I mean, I really like Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Yeah. I'm I, like, spy, I, I could take your leave, Spy, but it's one of your favorite movies of all time. Literally. So How dare you? I'm not asking <laughs> you to part with it. And, Good, and the won't. gag reels. And the gag reels. I'll say the gag reels on Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, not as not good. Not great. Not as good. Just kidding. No gag no. reels. No one had a good time. Gag <laughs> Everyone was sad. Oh, no. Um. So we're at an impasse. We could make a donation. We could make a donation. Um, we could. Why don't we um pick from the new Allison rules? Great, we'll pick from just from the new Allison rules. Yeah, for today. just from the new Allison rules. Okay, great. Yeah. 
All right, so we can't decide. We're picking a rule. We're going to have to adhere to it. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, why don't we do both and also donate uh, to the Ukraine somehow? Donate I feel to like the, we should yeah. do that. Yeah, great. We'll do that. There's um, definitely, uh, I don't know what, yeah, there's definitely like, I've, I've we'll, seen a couple of things where it's like, here's really good places to donate yeah, to. So right, we cool. should get on that because uh, feeling pretty fucking helpless and uh, can donate money. So <laughs> we'll do that. Perfect. Great. Anyway, uh, four, there were four new rules, right? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Picking a rule. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh. Pick a number between one and four. A random number between one and four is one. One, we have to get rid of a TV season. Ah! <laughs> no, that's actually ideal. That's easy. Uh, family Guy, right? Family Obviously, guy, we I get think. rid of yeah. Family Guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, great. Perfect. We love to see it. <laughs> that's ideal. <laughs> well, because I haven't looked at what TV season. Like, there's, no. there's even, there's got to be some in there that's like, what? Yeah. But great. we know Family Guy. Hey, anybody want a season of Family Guy? Yeah. <laughs> three and four of Family Guy or whatever. <laughs> Great. Well, keeping both those lovely films, getting rid of something we haven't watched in a very long time. Yeah. And probably should not have moved to four different locations. <laughs> but, you know, we did. Probably. Including, including I think, across the country. Definitely yeah. across the country. Okay. Great. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right. Let's, uh, let's pick this next matchup, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 171. 171. Ooh, from 2010. Mm-hmm. Black Swan. Ooh. I love that movie. Yeah. That's a good one. That I was haven't a, watched it in a while. That was a... That's a good one because that's a that was a phenomenon when it came out. It truly was. Great. Great. Perfect. All right, let's see what's going up against it. Hey Siri. Uh huh. Pick a number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one. A random number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one is five hundred eighty-six. Five hundred eighty-six is. From 1996, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh. <laughs> Underrated. Oh. It's, I love, I love that one. Yeah. It's a real, it's, it's, you know, after the golden, the golden age of, of Disney. Yeah. But like in that group of like top tier post golden age. Right. Ones. It was yeah. It was it was right. It was right at the end of that. Yeah. Right? It, it was, was like, like the next one where it was like, oh, this one's not a hit. Right. It might have ended the golden age <laughs> of Disney movies. But I really like her. Yeah. I only saw it like when we had children. For the oh first really? Time, so. I definitely saw it in the theater because yeah. I remember very distinctly we were late and we had to sit in the very front row. So it oh, was wow. like stare directly upwards to watch. The oh my god! Jeez. Oh man. All right. Black Swan. And The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Two uh, very similar movies. (laughs) Clearly, you all see the connection. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a rough connection. No, because you got Jason Alexander. You got Mandy Patinkin, right? Mm Mm-mm. No? In Hunchback? Yeah. I don't think so. Mandy Patinkin? No. You have... Who do you 
think play Mandy Patinkin is playing? Doesn't he play the Hunchback? Hold on. No. We're, we'll cover this next week, but. <laughs> who plays the Hunchback? I don't think it's anyone. No one plays the Hunchback. <laughs> Tom Hulse, the thinking man's Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> Tom Hulse. How dare you? I'm pretty sure Mandy Patinkin is a thinking man's Mandy Patinkin. He is. Tom um, Hulse from Amadeus. So you, then you're... Amadeus, you got, Amadeus. He's in Amadeus. Then you got F. Murray Abraham. Who hasn't worked with F. Murray Abraham? Come on. <laughs> the man's a whore. Wow. Well, I mean... Oh, you got Demi Moore. Kevin Klein. Yeah, we'll be fine. Are you done? Are you done? Who's the mother in Black Swan? Ooh, is it I Donna don't know. Murphy? It's not. I was going to say it's Donna <laughs> Murphy, but it's not. It's uh, someone similar to Donna Murphy. Okay. But Winona Ryder is in Black Swan. Yeah, we're fine. I, I could do the connection now. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're not going to do it now because that's for next week. Yep. Hey, listen. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta. We got the Twitter. We got the Gmail. We got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you... Um, I hope that you check out the gag reel for Spy because it's, oh, it's so, so funny and it will bring you so much joy. It's um, so good. And who doesn't need a little bit more joy in their lives? Hey, come back next week. See who survives. DVD Death Match. Is everything okay? Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Pause for just a sec. We're just... We're peaking a bit, so I just wanted to turn the game down a little bit because it was getting a little out of control. Great. All right. Sorry. You need to clap? Nah. Okay. And I need a clap. Uh, <laughs> you're in the fucking head. Um, to knock my brain back into functioning. Um, 